begin the Gemara today on Daf Pe Gimel Amit Beis, towards the bottom of the Amit. The Gemara begins with what we learned in the Mishnah, so it said in the Mishnah, when a person makes a clear condition that he's not going to have any rights to his wife's properties when he's alive, when he passes away. So the Tanakhama said that after he passes away, she passes away, that is, his wife passes away, he will not inherit her nichse malug, the properties that she brought into the marriage. However, Rabbi Shem Gamliel says that if she passes away, he will still inherit her because he's a masna amash a He's making a condition against what it said in the Torah, such a condition does not take effect at all. On this, the Gemara says, Okay, Rav Shem Gamliel, Oim Echulu. Om Rav, so Rav said, Haloche, Ki Rav Shem Gamliel. Yes, we pass him like Rav Shem Gamliel, he will still inherit his wife, but V'loi Metaimei, not based on the reason that Rav Shem Gamliel said that he's making a T'nai against Torah. So the Gemara asks, what does this mean that we are passing like Rav Shem Gamliel, but not for his reason? There's a different reason. So what is that different reason? Now, if you're going to say, the Pshad is as follows. Yes, the halach is like Rav Shem Gamliel, that when his wife passes away, he still will inherit her. And not for his reason. Rav Shem Gamliel's reasoning was that Masna Masha Kosabatayrit Noi Bottle. When a person makes a condition against what it says in the Torah, the Tnai is nullified. Rav Sovat, however, Rav disagrees with this reasoning. Rav's opinion is Tnai Kayam, that the condition does take effect. But what does Rav hold here? So why does he say that the halacha will still be like Rav Shem Gamliel? Because Sovat, Rav holds Yerusha Sabal de Rabbanon. When a husband inherits his wife, this is only Rabbanon instituted this. The Chachamim also chizik l'tivreim yeisim However, over here, Chachamim came and strengthened their institution that a husband should yash and his wife even more than Teireh. Minat Teireh that nai would take effect. As Rashi here brings what we learned earlier in the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda said, when you make a condition against Teireh regarding a money matter, the condition does take effect. And therefore, he would disagree with Rabbi Shimon Gamliel's reasoning. But over here, it's a Rabbanon de Yerusha. And Rabbanon strengthened their Yerusha that you cannot make a nai to nullify their Yerusha. So this is what it means that he paskins like Rav Shem Gamliel, but not with the same reason that Rav Shem Gamliel said. On this, the Gemara asks, but Rav Noi Kayam, does Rav hold that when a person makes a condition against Torah, that his condition will take effect? But we learned over here also regarding a money matter. A person says to his friend, I'm selling you something. Here, with the condition that there's no no that all the halachas of Eno, as Rashi brings, it's in the Teira, Leisainu, so it's Masna Mashakasa Bateira. So he says, even if I overcharge you, there'll be no arguments about this, and the sale should go through. So is this a condition you can make? So Rav Omar, Rav says that the condition does not take effect. There still is Eno. So here we clearly see that Rav said exactly like Rav Shem said, that even regarding a money matter, you cannot make it nigh on the Teira. Shmuel Omar, Shmuel says, Shmuel says, yeah, the Tanai does take effect, and there's no way not, because you made a clear condition. So the question is, we can't say that Rav disagrees with the reasoning of, of, of Rav Shem Gamliel. He clearly said over here that the Tanai will, will, will not take effect, regarding a, even regarding a money matter, if it's a Tanai on what it said in the Torah. Allah, so therefore the Gemara switches what it said from before. Halacha ke Rav Gamliel, Rav is saying that Allah is like Rav Shem Gamliel. The Omar, Hamas Namashakasabetayrit The one that makes a T'nai against what it says in the Teireh, even regarding a money matter, the T'nai is bottle. V'lav mitaymei. However, not like the reasoning of, of uh, Rav Shem Gamliel. 
So what does this mean? In our case holds that if his wife passes away after he made a tonight that I should not inherit her, so nevertheless he will inherit her because there's a tonight on the Tater. But Rav Sava Mesa Lo Yudishana. Rav says in our case, when he makes this Tnai, the Tnai will take effect and he will not inherit her. And Rashi explains the reason is because over here, Rav holds that the Yerusha of a husband, when he actions his wife, is only Midrabanan. And Rav says that Chachamim did not strengthen their Takana in this case. And therefore over here, you could make a Tnai against what the, Rabban, what the Rabbanan said. So therefore over here, Rav will disagree with the Halacha and say that if she dies, he will not inherit her. The Tnai takes effect. That's the Pshat and what Rav said. But that's not what Rav said. If so, it comes out that Rav, it's the reverse of what we said before. Rav really agrees to the reasoning of Rav Shimon Gamliel, that you can't make a tnai in what it says in the Teda. And he doesn't agree to his actual halacha here. In this case, he doesn't agree to this halacha because he holds that the Yerusha here is only with the Rabbanon. So Yitnai will take effect. Hello, therefore the Gemara says a third pshat. Halach, Rav Shemim Gamliel, Rav is pastoring like Rav Shemim Gamliel, the Oma, Mesa Yerushena, that if she dies, he will not inherit her, Velav Mitaimei, and not with the reason that Rav Shemim Gamliel gave. The Eil, Rav Shemim Gamliel, Rav Shemim Gamliel's opinion is, Bid the Oiraiset, Noi Bottle. When a person makes a condition against something in the Taita, Yitnai does not take effect. But that, from that we understand that Rav Gamliel holds when it comes to something which is only Midrabanon and you make a Tnai against that regarding a money matter, uh, even a money matter, the Tnai, uh, or, or, or also a money matter, the Tnai will take effect. And the Rav Savar, but Rav argues on this last detail here, Rav holds a that even when it comes to a, a matter that's only Midrabanon, you cannot make a Tnai against this because Chachamim strengthened their Takana like something which is Minatayra. So he disagrees with one detail that comes out from the reasoning of Rav Shemim Gamliel. But he's not really arguing on the Halacha or the reason that he says here. Here he is paskering like the reason of Rav Shemim Gamliel that you can't make a Tnai against Tayra. And the Halacha he said that a person will still inherit his wife even though he made a Tnai not to. And Rav Meisifu, Rav is just adding that this would also be true regarding a Yerusha or a, any institution with the Rabbana that you can't make a Tnai against this. He's only adding to what Rav Shemuel Gamliel said. He, you can't say that it's a loy mitaimei, that it's not based on the reasoning that Rav Shemuel Gamliel gave. Allah, so therefore the Gemara says, Allah, like Rav Shemuel Gamliel, the Amma. The Allah is like Rav Shemuel Gamliel, which said, Imeisa Yerushana, Velav mitaimei, that yes, the husband will inherit his wife, the Tnai does not take effect, like Rav Shemuel Gamliel said, but not with the reasoning of Rav Shemim Gamliel. And this goes back basically to what we said earlier, but here the Gemara says a bit different. Rav Shemim Gamliel Sava, Rav Shemim Gamliel's opinion is that Yerusha Sabal Da'iraise, that a husband inherits his wife in a And when one makes a Tnai against what it says in the Tayre, the Tnai does not take effect. That's the reason why he will still inherit his wife. Rav Sovar, Rav will agree to this concept that, like we proved before, Rav holds you can't make a tnai against what it says in the Tayra. But if you hear, Rav Sovar, in this case, it happens to be that it's not even something Minatayra. The Yerusha of the husband is only Midrabanon, and therefore it's a different reason why the tnai won't take effect. Rather, the reason is that Chachamim, they strengthen their Takana to be as strong as a Halacha Minatayra, and the tnai will not take effect. That's the reason. So it's like the halach of Rav Shemim Gamliel, but not like the reasoning of Rav Shemim Gamliel. Does Rav hold that the Yerusha, a husband inheriting his wife, is only Midrabanan? 
But what man we learned in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yechonim Mbreikaim. Rabbi Yechonim Mbreikaim said, "Hayyirish esishtei." A person that inherits his wife, like what we're speaking about over here. So yachzil ibnei mishpocha. So, but then later when it comes to yovel, that's what it's speaking about there. So he has to return this property to the family, and v'yenakalem and adamim. He should deduct from the amount that he charges them for this. So right now the Gemara thinks that he should charge them a cheap price for what he has to return to them. That's what Rabbi Yechonim Mbreikaim said. Now v'avinam ba. On this, the question was asked. My kasava, what does Rabbi Yechonim Mbreikaim hold? I kasava Yerushas Abaldai Raisa. If his opinion is that the husband inherits his wife minatayre, amai yachze. So then, why does he have to return this when it comes to This is a Yerusha. Yerusha only applies to a buyer that has to return the fields that he bought to, to the seller. By Yerusha, not what you inherit. If the Yerusha of the husband is only it's not even his. So it has to go back to the family of the wife when it comes to and there's no reason to charge him at all. So regarding this, Rav explained, Really, Rav Yechelem Ebreka holds that a husband will inherit his wife, Minatayre. Here, it's an exception. Over here, he inherited from his wife an area which is a base akvaris for the, for the wife's family. And this is a special thing Chachamim instituted because this will be a blemish for the family that now the husband gets this area, this burial plot, or this burial area, and he's going to bury his family members instead of the wife's family members being buried there. So therefore, Omer Abbanon, Abbanon say, take money and give it back. According to this pshat, what does it mean that he deducts from the money that he charges them for this when he returns it to them at Yevil time? He can charge them for returning this burial area besides the area where he buried his wife. As we learned in Abraisa, a person that sells his caver and the way going to his caver, the place where when they carry the mace, they stop there, the place where they eulogize him, he sold this all. The family members come and bury the person there, even against his will of the lekeach, of the buyer, because this is a blemish for the family that they can't bury in their area where their family is buried. So over here as well, this is what Chachamim instituted, that when it comes Yevil, you give it back to the family. Besides though, the plot that he buried his wife in, because that's his obligation. He has to pay for that area, so therefore that he has to deduct from what he charges them for what he returns. So the point is though, that we see over here, that Rav's opinion is that the Yerusha of the Baal is Menatayre. So that's what, that's what he said, that's how he explained Rabbi Yechelem Ben-Breke. So the Gemara explains, Rav Rav is only explaining Rabbi Yechelem Ben-Breke's opinion. But he does not hold like Rabbi Yechelem Ben-Breke. He holds like Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, as the Gemara said before, that the Yerusha is all, in, sorry, in this detail, he does not hold like Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, that the Yerusha of a husband from his wife is not Menatayra. It's only Medrabbanam. Person passed away and he left a wife which wants to collect the ksuba, and he left the balchayv creditors that are looking to collect their loan, and there are the inheritors. Now, this money that he left is a pekadon, someone that's holding it for him, or a milve, a loan that he lent someone else money. So, Rabtarfen says, Who do we give this money to? The inheritors don't get it. Rather, we give it to the one that is the weakest amongst them, the one that has the least power amongst them. He's the one that's going to get it. So the Gemara will explain between the wife that's looking to collect her ksuba and the creditors that are looking to collect their loan, who is the weaker amongst them. But the point is, it does not go to the Yerish. It goes to them. They could collect from this. Now, as Rashi points out, the Chiddush here is, even though usually 
we do not collect for the ksube or for, for metaltalin or for the vachoy, maybe even from the metaltalin. But nevertheless, because this is not money that's right now currently in the Yershin's possession, it's in the possession of the one that has the pekotin or the one that has the, the chayv bayim. So therefore, this is something that they can take, that they, get, they can collect from there, whether the wife or the vachoyv can collect from there, and, uh, and then the Yershin won't get anything from this, from, from whatever they collect. However, Rabbi Kiva says, There's no mercy when it comes to paskening a din, and therefore they do not get it. Rather, this money, even though it's not currently in the father's possession when he passed away, it's either by a pekodin, so someone that's holding it, or by someone that borrowed this money. But first, we collect the money, we give it back to the inheritors. And once we give it to the inheritors, so now the wife or the creditors will not be able to collect from there. And the reason is, as Rashi explains, once they get it back for themselves, so now this is metaltalin in their possession. And therefore, the Balchayv or the Isha do not collect from this metaltalin. And he explains why we give it first back to the Yershin. Shekula and Srichen Shvua. Everyone else, when you collect from, from a person after he passed away, so you're going to have to take an oath to, to swear that you owe this money. But Vena Yershin Srichen Shvua. The Yershin do not have to make any Shvua to collect. And this is something that we learned already earlier here, mentioned earlier in the Mesechta. Uh, this also uh, it comes later here. This is in Gemara and Gitten. So the, the, the Yarshin that could take this without any Shvua, so they immediately get it back for themselves from the person that's holding the Pekotin or the person that's holding the loan. Once it's in their possession, so now the Isha and the Balchoy will not be able to take anything from this. A person left after he passed away produce, which is already detached from the ground. So this is Metaltalin. So here, the Tanakhama says, which this is really Raptarfin, whoever will grab it first will be Zaycha in it. So essentially, what Raptarfin is saying over here is that if the Yarshin will grab a hold of this produce for themselves, they can keep it, they inherit this. But if they don't, if the, the Isha or the Balchayv will come and grab it, so then they have a Koyach after this person gra- passes away and he owes them money, they have a Koyach to grab. And whatever they grab will remain theirs. If what the Isha grabbed for herself for Aksube is more valued than the Ksube, or if what the Balchayv grabbed for his loan is more than what he's owed, so then Amaiser, what do you do with the leftovers? says, even the leftovers, you don't give back to the Yarshin, to the inheritors. You give to the weaker one amongst them, which is not the inheritors, but the other one. However, Rabbi Kiva says, there's no mercy when it comes to paskening a din. You give it to the narrators. Again, the same reason he said before, everyone else, when they collect, have to make a shvua to collect. The yarshim do not make any shvua, so therefore they could collect it for themselves. We had two examples that Mishnah mentioned. That when this person passed away and there was a pekodin, or a milve, he had money either as a deposit that's being safeguarded by someone, or a loan that he lent to someone that has the money that he lent him. So, why does the mission have to say both examples of a loan and of a deposit? Says the Gemara Tzricha, had to say both cases. The ton of milve, if we say only the case where a person died and he left a milve that he lent money to someone. Then I would say, only in this case did Rabtafen say that the Yershin, the inheritors, don't get this, and the Isha, the Ksube, or the Balchayv could go and collect this for themselves. And the reason is, because when you lend money, it's made to spend. So that money is not there in the possession of the people that you lent the money to. 
So when this person passes away and someone owes him money, they don't have that actual money in their possession now. That, that money is, was spent already. So there, the Yarshim don't have a right to grab that. The, the money itself is not there. So therefore we say that the Isha or the Bachayf could go and take for herself from there. But when it comes to a deposit, where the person is safeguarding it for you and it's right here, it, it is as it is here. And he's safeguarding it. Maybe over here I would say that they agree to Rabbi Kive that says that because the, 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 the Yarshin that is can come and take without a Shavuot, they take it first for themselves and then no one else can get it from them. And the same is in the reverse. If it would only say the case of a Pekodin, but how come at Rabbi Kiva, I would say, regarding the case of a Pekotin, because it's here, it's still in the, in the possession of the person that's keeping this deposit, so I would say here Rabbi Kiva said that the Yarshim take it immediately. But when it comes to a loan, which was already spent, and the money's not here, maybe Rabbi Kiva would agree to Rabbi that the inheritors do not get this money, because it's not even here presently, so therefore the Isha for her Ksobe, or the Bachayv, could go and take it for themselves. That's why it mentions both cases, the case of the Halva and the Pekotin. What did it say in the Mishnah? Rav Tarfan says that the one that's the weaker amongst them is the one that gets it. So who's the weaker one? It means the one that's weaker with his raya. Rashi says this means the one that his star has a later date, so he has a weaker ability to collect money for himself from any buyers. So therefore, he's the one that gets it. You give it to the Isha to collect her ksuba, and the reason is because the Isha cannot go and work to collect her ksuba. It's not the derech of the Isha to go to find the money and to collect it for herself. And Mishumchina, this is in order for a woman to find grace in the husband's eyes, or the husband should find grace in the women's eyes, rather, that is, because otherwise they won't want to get married, being worried that they won't ever get paid their ksuba. So this argument here is Machlaikas Tanoim. Rabbi Yamin Naimir Rabbi Yamin said, Lakaishal means Lakaisha Shabaraya, the one that has the weaker raya. And it's a it's a uh, right thing to do, to give it to the one that's weaker. Rabbullah says, Laksuba Sisha, you give it to the Isha to collect her ksuba, Mishumchina, so that the husband should find grace in the women's eyes, they should want to get married to them. Then the Mishnah said that if there were detached fruits that were found, that this person left, that is. So what's the halacha there? So, so the Tanakhama starts saying that then the Balchayv or the Ksubasisha can come and collect from it, not the inheritors. The leftovers, so Rav Tarfan says, we still give it to one of the two, the weaker one amongst them, we don't give it to the inheritors. And Rav Akiva says that over there, the leftovers go to the Yarshim. So it seems like all Rav Akiva is saying is that the leftovers of these paid solution, of these detached paid will go to the inheritors. Why is Rabbi Kiva saying that only the leftovers go to the inheritors? Everything should go to the Yarshin. As we explained before, the reason of Rabbi Kiva is that the inheritors don't have to swear when they collect this is theirs, the Yarshin immediately. So therefore, they get right away everything. So why does it seem like Rabbi Kiva here is saying that only the leftovers of these detached fruits is what they get? And says the Gemara and Hanami. True, that's what Rabbi Kiva means. Rabbi Tarfim was only speaking about the leftovers that you give it to the weaker one amongst them. So Rabbi Kiva also mentioned the halacha that he said regarding the leftovers. But really, Rabbi Kiva meant to say that it goes directly to their inheritors, the entire thing. All of the, all of the detached fruits go to the inheritors. Or actually, according to Rashi, this is not really a question, but the Gemara is just wondering 
trying to clarify Rabbi Kiva's opinion. Rabbi Kiva, is it true that Rabbi Kiva holds that after a person passes away, so the creditors or the woman for her ksuba have no ability at all to grab from the, the money of this person for themselves? This tfisa, this grabbing after he passes away, not help? Amar said, If he grabs, when, if they would come and grab when the person is still alive, then they can come and grab. But only when he's still alive. After he passes away, they cannot come and grab the Yerushim Yashner immediately. Not, the brings actually another machlaikis here. According to Rab Tarfin, what did Rab Tarfin say? After a person passes away, so the Ksubit, for the Isha for her Ksubit, or the Balchayev could come and grab for themselves before the inheritors grab, and then they can keep what they grab. So now Rab Tarfin, the Manchayech, this Allah Rab Tarfin said that they can come and grab, where was this money left? This is only if it's piled up and it's lying in an open public place for everyone there. So therefore it's not yet in any private area belonging to the inheritors so they can come and grab. But if it was in a more of a private area on the side of the road, which is the area where business is done, you can make a king in Meshicha there. There you can't grab from there because that's already considered like a private place that belongs to the inheritors and it's like you're grabbing it from their house. You can't grab it once they have it. However, even in this private area where the business is done, but it's not their house, and you could come and grab from there after a person passes away to collect the money that you're owed. Says the Gemara, there were Dayanim judges that passed like Raptarfan that you could grab. But then when they came to Rishlakish, Rishlakish returned it. Rishlakish said, No, you should go. Reish Lakish did not allow this. Reish Lakish said, you cannot go and grab with, uh, in this case, after he passed away. And he returned to halacha. He said, give it back. You make Rabbi Kiva's opinion as if this is something, uh, or as Rashi says, as if this is a halacha that even after the fact, when they already grabbed it, they still have to give it back. Even if you don't think the halach is like Tarfin, but nevertheless, after the fact, once they grabbed it, shouldn't they be allowed to keep it? Why are you saying that they should give it back like Rabbi Kiva's opinion? So there's a machlekes here between Ishlakish and Rabbi Yechen, and Bidiyeved, do you have to return it like uh, Rabbi Kiva's opinion or not? So shall we say, this is the basis of the argument between Rabbi Yechen and Ishlakish. The Marasavatabhadvamishnachhaizer. holds that when you made sorry, Rabishlakish that is. Rishlakish holds when you made a mistake regarding something that it says in the Mishnah, so therefore you have to return this. And the other opinion is that even if you made a mistake regarding something that it says in the Mishnah, so you don't have to return it after the fact it's already done. So over here, we know that the halacha is like Rabbi Kiva, and this is like a Dvar Mishnah, even though it's really only Rav and Shmuel that say so, but nevertheless, this is considered to be like a Dvar Mishnah, that the halacha is like Rabbi Kiva. So the question is, after the fact, do I say this is a mistake and you have to return it or not? That's what it seems like the Machloikis here is between Rabbi Yechen and Rishlakish. Says the Gemara, not necessarily. The Kulam, everybody will agree, when you make a mistake regarding something that it says in the Mishnah, that usually you do have to return this, even with the Yevet. Here, the argument is as follows. One opinion is, The halach is like Rabbi Kiva, only when he argues with his friend, with a colleague of his, but not when he argues with his teacher. And according to this version here, was his teacher. So therefore, we do not pass him like Rabbi Kiva here. That's where Rabbi Yechanan was wondering, why are you forcing them to give it back? 
And the Shlokish says, Allah is like Rabbi Kiva, even when he argues with Rabbi Tarfan, that's his teacher. So therefore he said, I should give it back, like Rabbi Kiva. Bibai Seime, a third version here is, Kulam, everybody would agree, Allah is Rabbi Kiva, that we pass him like Rabbi Kiva when he's arguing with a Kali. And not when he argues with his teacher. Here the argument of Rabbi Yechen and Shlokish is as follows. So one opinion over here is that Rab Tarfin was Rabbi Kiva's teacher. So therefore we don't paskin like Rabbi Kiva in this case. That's why Rabbi Yechenin said that he doesn't have to return it. Rishlakish's opinion was that Rabbi Tarfin was a colleague of Rabbi Kiva. So therefore we do paskin like Rabbi Kiva in this case. Yet another pshat here, the Gemara says, Everybody agrees that Rabbi Tarfin was only a colleague of Rabbi Kiva. Here, the argument is as follows. Shlokish holds that over here, the, we, we learned that the halacha is like Rabbi Kiva. The halacha is like Rabbi Kiva when he argues with his colleagues. So that's a very clear cut thing that the halacha is like him. So therefore, you're going to have to give back what was taken. But Rabbi Yechen's opinion is matin itme. We only learned that the halacha leans towards Rabbi Kiva's opinion, but not an absolute that we say that the halacha is like his opinion. So therefore, after the fact, once the, the money was already grabbed, we're not going to force them to return it. Itme. So, okay, sorry, sorry, that goes together. Matin itme. That we learned matin, that it leans only like Rabbi Kiva, but not that the halacha is clear-cut like Rabbi Kiva. Now, the Gemara brings a story. Kereve, the Rabbi Yechenen, a relative of Rabbi Yechenen. In this kind of situation, when uh, a person that uh, owed him money and that person passed away, toughest part of the Yasmimi Simta. So he grabbed a cow of the Yisaymim from the Simta, from this area at the side of the Rosh Hashanah. So this is following Rabbi Tarfin's opinion that you can grab So they came to Rabbi Yechenen Rabbi Yechenen said, yes, it's right. Like Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Tarfin said, once you grab it, it's yours, you can keep it. Then they came to ask Rosh about this. So he said, Rosh said to them, Zil Ahadar, go and return it. You're not allowed to grab this, like Rabbi Kiva's opinion. So Asla Kamed Rabbi Yechen, they went back to Rabbi Yechen, and Amalahu Rabbi Yechen said, Ma'asa, what should I do? Shekenegdi Cholakalai, the one that's against me, or Rashi actually says it means the one that's equivalent to me, as powerful as me, is arguing with me. Similar story, Yahu Bakr the Yasmi. There was a person that was a Bakr the Yasmi, meaning he was the watchman of the cattle for the assignment. The Tafsi Tura Minai Balchayv came, someone that was old money from this person, from the father that passed away, and he came and he grabbed an ox. Omar, and he, then he came and said, Mechayim Tafisna, I grabbed this ox when the person was still alive. So then everybody agrees, even Rabbi Kiva agrees that I'm allowed to grab it. But the watchman of the cattle said, No, Lacha Misa he really grabbed it after the person passed away, and according to Rabbi Kiva, at this point, he's not allowed to grab. So they came in front of Rav Nachman. So Rav Nachman said to this watchman of the cattle, Do you have Eidos that can tell us that he actually grabbed it? Do we know this as a fact, that he actually even grabbed it? Whether before or after, do we have Eidos about this? So he said, No, I don't have any Eidos about this. If so, Rav Nachman says, the person is believed to keep it. Since now it's in his possession. Once it's in his possession, he has the ability to say, I bought it, it's mine. He has a chazake on metaltal and something that's in your possession, and you say it's yours, you bought it. There's a cheskas metaltal as long as it's in your possession. So he could have said simply that I bought it. So therefore, he's also believed to say that I grabbed it 
from when the person was still alive, and therefore then I had the right to grab this. So this is the concept that's known, uh, that's known as um, amigo, right? If a person has a better taina, you could have said, and he says the weaker taina, so he's believed. That shows that he's a trustworthy person. But the Gemara asks on this Psaktin, When a person has, Gaidris Rashi says, refers to small livestock. In the Pasuk, it uses the expression, So a person that has small livestock in his possession, he can't claim any chazak on this, that it's mine, it's here, it's in my possession, and I bought it, and it's, the proof is just by the very fact that it is in my possession. There's no proof at all. Why? Because livestock, as Rashi says, are things that wander around, and a person can just grab it. They wander out of a person's property, and the fact that you now have it, it proves nothing that you bought it for yourself. So how could Rab Nachman say that they have a migu that they could have said that they bought it? That's the Gemara, that's small livestock. But over here, Shani Tura de Mesir Liraya. Over here, we're talking about an ox, which is given over to a, to a shepherd, which takes care of this. So this is something which is completely different. Over here, they don't just wander off, and if it's in your possession, he could have claimed that he bought it. So therefore, you have to believe him that he grabbed it in the father's lifetime. So the Gemara brings down another story that the Nisiya, the people from the house of the Nasi, Tophis Amsa the Yasmi Misimta. So they also were owed money. And they grabbed a maid that belonged to Yusayimim. Where did they grab it from? From a symptom, from that private area that's off the Rishusarab. So are they allowed to grab it or not? So Yasuf Rabavo, Rabchanine Bapapi, Rabitzchak Nafche, Yasuf Rabavagabayo. So these Tanoim, or these Amiraim rather, were sitting here. And Omar Luhu, or the other girls over here, is Amru, Amru uh, Luhu. So they, they, they said to them, for the people from the house of the Nasi, Shapet Tafsisua, that what you did is right. You're allowed, like Rab Tarfan's opinion, you're allowed to go and grab this. Amalu Rababa, that was sitting amongst them, said, Because these are the people coming from the powerful house of the Nasi, so therefore you're flattering them by telling them that they did right to grab this. But we know that the story we brought before, that the judges passed like Rab Tarfan, and Ishlokish returned it even after the fact. Ishlokish said, Give it back, like Rabbi Kiva's opinion, and you can't grab. So why are you paskening this way? Another incident that happened Yemer Bachoshu, have a masik bezuzibahu gavre. Yemer Bachoshu, a name of a certain individual. So he was owed money, he was trying to collect money from a certain person. Shachiv, this person passed away. And Vishavik Arba, he left a boat. So he tells to his agent, he appoints a shliach and says to him, Zil Tavsua. Go and grab it for me. Ozal Tofso, he went and grabbed the boat for the Balchayv, following Rab Tarfan's opinion that you can grab this. So, so he went and grabbed it. What happened? Rav Pope and Rav Huna Rav Yeshua encountered this individual that's grabbing the boat from this person that passed away for the Meshaleach, for, their, for his loan. And they said to him, they said, as a Shliach, you can't grab this. What you're grabbing, which is a benefit for the one that sent you to collect his loan, but it's a loss for others. And when it's a loss for others, as a shliach, you don't have the right to do this. If you're grabbing for your balchayv that sent you, but this causes a loss for others, you don't have the right, you don't have the ability as a shliach to go and do something which is a zechus for the person that sent you, but is a loss for others. The kayach of shliach doesn't apply in such a case. So you can't go ahead and grab it, even if we're going to follow up Tarfan's opinion that you can grab after the person passed away for your loan, but over here, you can't go and grab this. Now what happened? Tafsua Inu. 
So they, Rav Papa and Rav Funa Vered Rav Yishu, grabbed this for themselves because they were also owed money from this person. Rav Papa said, now there was an argument between them. Rav Papa Mimlech Maluchi. Rav Papa grabbed the oars and started rowing and he was trying to grab it for himself in this way. And Rav Funa Vered Rav Yishu, Mimtuch Labashle. He was pulling the ropes of the boat and grabbing it for himself. And each one said, I acquired the whole thing first, and each one, they were fighting, each one trying to grab it for themselves. What happened? encountered them, So he said to them, going back to what we learned in the previous Amod, that either way, what you're grabbing over here in this situation is not good, because Rav, Shmuel, the Amrit Rav and Shmuel both said, even according to Rav Tarfan that said that you could grab from a person after he passes away, that's only if the money or the item is piled up and is sitting there in an open public place. And over here, he assumed, where did they grab this boat from? From the dock, which is similar to a symptom, like a side area, not the public place. So therefore, how could you grab it all? So Rav Papa, Rav Unabred Rav others are greatest here, they said to him and answered him, no, we didn't grab it from the dock, we did grab it from more into the middle of the river where everyone is traveling, and that's where we grabbed this broad from. So according to Rav Tafim, we have the ability, the right to grab, even according to what Rav Shmuel said. Uh, what happened? Also, they came to Rav with their argument, who is the one that grabbed it? Amaluhu. So um, Rav Paskin then said as follows: Kaki Chivri, I said white geese. It's because they had they were older people and they had white beards. So he referred to them this way and he said: Again, You are removing, you're grabbing people's garments from them. In other words, he's telling them you don't have the right to grab this. Why? Because This is what Rav Nachman said: That you only have the right to grab it when the person is still alive. In other words, he passed like Rabakiva, that we said before, Rabakiva says, after the person passes away, you can't grab, you can only grab when he's still alive. So therefore, none of you have the right to grab this at all.